On today's podcast, our guest is Lyrical Travesty. Peace, brother. How are you? How you doing today, my man? I'm good, sir. Life is good. Um, through all things that are going on in life, things could be worse. I've, I've dealt with worse than what I'm going through right now. So, and it's not really going through nothing. It's just, it's, it's an everyday thing. You know, it's just part of life, dealing with it, getting through it. How about yourself? Uh, same here. Just, you know, taking everything day by day, you know. Just grateful I woke up this morning, you know what I mean? Just uh just grateful for life, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Six, how are you, sir? I'm good, bro. Just uh mastering mastering my craft, trying to be better every day. Every day, man. Every day. I love it. All right, sir. So lyrical travesty, where are you from? I'm from uh Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, what what where at in uh, uh West Philadelphia, Cow Creek area, the city. Word, word, word. So, uh, when did you get into hip hop? Um, well, I got into, into hip hop when, you know, usually at a young age, about 13. Uh, I started taking it uh, serious around about 16. Okay. Okay. When did you write your first rhyme? Uh, about, yeah, about 16. Okay. That was the first rhyme. All right. I was, I was trying to, you know, figure, you know, just say, say what I, whatever, what was on my mind at the moment. Uh, okay. Word, word. So you wrote your first rhyme at 16. Uh, who were your early influences uh, with hip hop? Uh, you know, Jay-Z, Wu-Tang. Uh, so many of that era. My man, Red Man, I used to listen to him a lot. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Busta Rhymes. Um, you know what I mean? Whoever, you know, whoever was, whoever was popping at that time, I was pretty much listening to them. Even if people didn't know who they was, you know, I tried to keep my ear to the underground scene too, because you know what I mean. Everybody got a voice, you know what I mean. You never know what who's coming next. Where uh, you sound like you got uh, a nice, uh, I guess, spread out and vast array of influences with that. Oh yeah, most of them come from that generation of uh, when when hip hop had like a variety of artists that were kind of like shining at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what? How do you describe like the the sound that you you create, the type of music you make? Um, well, honestly, I, I I call it makes really just honest music. Just uh, literally, I talk about whatever is going on at the time. In, in a way, it's like that's the best truth. Like, right. Right, like you know, in Philly, we call it bitten. Like, like you just you're you're saying truthful things, but you're saying it in a funny way. Right. Like, that's the best way I could say. It, you know what I'm saying? Just be, you know, be open and honest. Don't like you know how are right, you, you? Sometimes you you may say certain things around certain people that you can't say around other people. But then you know when you you know you you, you tell yourself you just say what you know you keep it honest and just say whatever's on your mind. That's what I try to do with my music right there. Just say whatever's on my mind. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, any any noteworthy producers you have any interest in working with or um, have worked with? I mean, I, I, I love to work with anybody. The greats, Timberlands, Swiss Beats, uh, who else? Um, any, any of the, you know, the newer guys, Metro Bowman. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, who, whoever is making the type of sound we can, you know, we can come together and, and make something special. I'm down to work with you. I, I, you know, names and all that don't really make, make a difference to me. It's more about your talent and your passion and how much you're into your, your craft. Dope, dope. Do you have a, a Mount Rushmore of MCs? 
Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I have to throw my man Jay up there because I, you know, like whatever they, whatever people say about him, I look at it as like, yeah, but my man got that. He got that music that inspired a lot of people. He got to throw Nas up there. Um, hmm. I, you know, I, I, I say the, the two guys that's holding it down right now. You got to throw uh, Kendrick and J Cole up there. Okay. Um, let's round it off with the females. I, I have to say, I have to throw Foxy Brown. She's one of my favorites. That's my top five. All right. When did you did you when did you start? Uh, what was the question? When, when did you start doing shows? When did you feel comfortable enough to start doing shows? Uh, I started mostly doing shows after I got out of high school. Well, I mean, before it was just a little bit difficult because, you know, I wasn't working then. So I didn't I didn't have any money so I could travel to do a show or set up a show or anything like that. Um, and it was it was through work that I, I met up with a, a buddy of mine. So, um, uh, me and him, we don't really talk any any further. Uh, his name was Phantom. He helped me out a great deal with a, a lot of my music. But uh, me and him had a falling out. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I started doing shows with him, um, and mostly my, like shows I was doing uh, was like like it was like here and there. It wasn't wasn't a it wasn't very consistent. But mostly I started doing more shows through him, and also my other uh, my other mentor, King Bryce. Um, I did, I did a few shows in Brooklyn. I did uh, Brooklyn Unity Fest. Uh, yeah, so it was just, it, it was building up over time. Um, also, I, well, I, I, I started doing shows too with my, uh, with a cousin of mine. We had a joint venture. Um, uh, it was a pop, pop, uh, pop music group. Um, proof, or with the pop stuff, uh, proof of purpose mu uh, music group. And, uh, you know, it was just, um, it was a short-lived situation, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I really can't pinpoint an age. I would say about 19, between 19 and 24. I was, like, going here and there. It wasn't – I didn't really develop my, sta my sound or anything yet. I was still trying to, you know, just learn my way, you know, and just try to learn the game as much as I could. Do you remember the first rhyme that you wrote? Oh, man. No, I'll be honest with you. I can't. I, I, I really have a lot of – a lot of a lot of I have a lot of unreleased music and I have a lot of stuff that it because it, it was a one you know I mean because it was like my my like my writing process is up and down because I, I could I could write maybe a couple of songs in a few months but then you know when when there's like real projects involved and different things is going on somebody might be you know struggling with a verse or something like that so you're trying to help them as well as you got to do your obligations as well you know what i mean on the project you know what i'm saying so you know what i mean it's i really don't i'll be i, I can't i'll be honest with you i can't remember the first rhyme i ever wrote all right cool what about one of the dopest rhymes you ever wrote do you remember one of those six chains uh yeah i, I mean i can remember those six chains. um can you repeat uh, it my, my favorite one um um I don't do battles because I don't like to write. I know I don't do battles because I don't like to fight fair, but I was up 
bars with older shit with white hair in a rocking chair, still rocking the mic. I'm a nobody gunner for that popular hype. If I get the cop, if I get the proper cosign before I got a gold grind in no time, I turn my fucking name into a gold mama palm, stay itching. I need to touch a lot of paper. Can I get a witness? All I got is a lot of haters. Where's the love at? It don't exist here. This year, make it cry, baby shit. It's big tear. Two auto rapid liars, plug it with a pacifier. My style AK 47 rapid fire. My flow is influential. Everything I rap inspires. You try to ride on me. I have to flex the tires. Go right in your stash, siphon your gas. If I cut your brakes off, you'll be likely to crash. I am to this day. I was liking the past. Nice but ignorant shit with my trifling ass. Nigga, listen what I got to say. I'm on my grind today. When I pitch, I destroy like Roy Holiday. I see these niggas switch spit bar. Ah, but you know what I'm saying? It was it's 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 that verse is like three minutes long now, but that's off the top of the head. The whole the whole verse is three minutes long. It's three minutes long. Just like that. You you go all the way through. All the way through. I did all my um, days. (laughs) It was uh it was off of um I mean, if you if you like, I can send you the link to it. Um, it was off of uh, the uh, the Meek John. He came he he came straight up right uh, uh when he came straight out of jail. He was dropping um, freestyles, but he, it was, I think it was it was called Ice Cream Freestyle. He did his own Wu Tang joint. It was like a a, re, a Wu Tang remix, of, uh, Ice Cream and shit. So I took that beat. All right, you know what I'm saying everybody was was digging that joint. But that was one of my favorite rhymes I've ever I've written. Okay. Who are some of the uh, the guys around Philly that people haven't heard of besides yourself that are uh, good coming out of Philadelphia? Oh man, that's, that's a lot of guys. Um, hmm, that's a good one. I'm getting good at this shit, man. I just want you to know that I'm 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 getting good at this shit. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, man, you're doing your thing, man. You know, you know, I've been rocking with you for a long time, bro. I appreciate you know, it. You know. I- I appreciate anybody that supports me in any way because, I mean, don't nobody owe you nothing. But, you know, it's always good when, when your people show you love, you know what I'm saying, in whatever Facts. way. Facts. Um, you know, young, young brothers, well, hmm. Um, I mean, I really, I've really been kind of out the loop, like, for right now. But, you know, I, just, I pay attention to, you know, brothers like Jack Frost. I pay attention to brothers, you know what I'm saying, that's been doing it for a long time. Uh, Black De Niro. You know what I'm saying? People don't know these names unless you're from Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? And these guys, I don't even know personally, but I, I I watch from afar. I see I see what they're doing. You know, you got you got Sandman. They, you know, these people won't, you know, won't become mainstream or anything like that. But you know, what I'm saying the the people that that really follow hip hop, that's really that's into the Philly hip hop scene, you you respect these brothers for the work they've put in over over the years. You know what I mean? And you know. I don't know. I just that's that's the only guys I could think up off top, like the narrow. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They see they, you know, they old head players, but you know, they've been underground putting in their work, putting out their music, and you know what I mean, or whatever projects they got going on. You know what I mean? Shout out to them. If you could change something about hip hop, what would it be? Um mm, violence. Violence. The violence because um i firmly believe and whether you know somebody agrees i mean somebody not that you become the kind of person that you listen to with the information you digest in your system all the all the time subliminally it goes into your conscience and you know what i'm saying and when you're of a young impressionable mind it develops who you're going to be your character 
You know what I'm saying? If you keep having negative influences and keep hearing the same shit all the time, you might do the stuff that you're listening to. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just listening to, oh, that's just entertainment. Right. Yeah, but, you know, to your favorite artist, you may think, oh, you know, he really da-da-da-da based on his background and story. But, you know. But, I mean, honestly, it, it, would, be the, it would be the violence and how women is like how women have to be portrayed to get attention in the industry and stuff because it's like it's not i put it like this you we've seen people like lauren hill when at the highest level didn't have to do none of the things that you see women doing twerking you know what i'm saying like all right yeah we men we like watching that shit but like but at the end of the day you know i mean what message that sent to little girls you feel what i'm saying to you know what i'm saying you know your mom don't want to see nothing like that on tv she's like oh why you know why she got to present herself that way but you know what i mean it is what it is like it's a male-dominated industry so women got to do what they got to do to try to win you know what i mean in a male-dominated industry so you know what i mean i would say violence because you know that's the thing about it. it's the thing about how many people probably got killed to certain songs like for real you know what i mean yeah because I think of, it's um, I think it's dope you alluded to like the the women uh, aspect of it because you are familiar with Tierra Whack? Yes, yes, um, very familiar with. Well, I'm not gonna say very familiar with Tierra Whack, but I I definitely know that name. I yeah. know she's definitely making moves out here. Shout out to her, you know, what I mean, holding yeah. Philly down. And she's like she's a she's an outlier when it comes to like just doing her own thing and not really following the trends and being uh over sexualized and stuff like that and she's a spitter right yeah all right yeah salute to her and that, and that and that's the thing too like you know what i'm saying having having they don't they don't really if you, you think about it they don't really like lyricists like that in the mainstream industry i'd rather they want you to dumb down your message and basically just spit say every, everything that you're saying is just toxic and just it's not really good for you. Like the messages itself, right. you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of it is because the market well, it's, it's commercialized. Now it's way more commercialized than it was when I was younger. I don't mm-hmm. know how old you are, but I know when I was a shorty, uh, hip hop was still kind of like in its uh, developmental stages. So it was a lot of experimentation and sound. And as it goes back to like all the rappers were being a little bit more uh, creative. You had, you, you had a room for Busta Rhymes and you had room for Wu-Tang and you had room for the Roots. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, it's all, it's a formula now. So like somebody who actually has something to say, they 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 can do it. But you know, like Kendrick dropped an album that's not really doing the numbers that the mainstream would like to see him do because of his his brand being so big, but he's got a message. So people are kind of like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. Right. And they'd rather hear somebody talk about blowing somebody's brains out and getting to the bag and slapping some exactly. ass. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, that's you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like them songs too. I'm not gonna say that. I haven't partied to them, uh, you know, or I haven't I haven't sat down and smoked one to one. Like, it's a lot of music like that I like. That the mute, the, the the messages are terrible, but I love I love the songs. It's the songs I grew up off of. So, right. You know, what I mean, I don't mean to uh, contradict myself. Is but at the same time, we should always just monitor what we intake. You know what I'm saying? We 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 monitor the food we we eat. You know what I'm saying? We should monitor the things we listen to and the things we watch on television because it all goes to our subconscious. You know what I mean? All right. Some balance. Create some balance. Create balance always. Yeah. 
Are you a book reader? Uh, mm, mm, I, I I'm a reader, but I'm not really a book reader. Like, but I'd like I read all types of information, little tidbits. Like, I would say like I, I like to just gather information, you know, so I can uh, formulate opinion on things. Outside of just like you know, did I read this book, that book? No, nah. I'm not gonna lie. I probably haven't read no, no more than maybe five or six books in my in my life. Like, like seriously, you know, it's like heavy books. Like, you know, something that's uh, you know, something over 150 pages, 200 pages, 500 pages. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not really heavy in the books. Okay. Do you have uh, Do you have kids? Yes, I, I I have one daughter. Um, one daughter. So how is that as a guy who 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 is into the hip hop scene? Are you able to? How how old is she? Um, well, she'll be, actually be seven coming up on uh, July first. Okay, so she got some, um, she got some time there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I honestly, I just try to be mindful of what I say because you know I, I've said some crazy things about women in song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do too. It happens, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you got to realize, you know, that, you know, God forbid, when you leave this earth, you know what I'm saying? This is the message that you you left for the world. Then you never know if your daughter might discover, like, damn, my dad really think like that. Like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be mindful what you put on these songs because, you know, that's your, that's your track record. That's your, that's your legacy. Like, you know, but... You know, I just, I just, I just try to, you know, I try to make things that my goal is like when I, when I try to, I've made music before is, okay, I may have said this over here, but I try to make, I try to balance it out and try to make music, keep everybody to listen to. Because if you, if you try to be more universal, you get more listeners instead of just making one type of sound. Right. You just be, you're just stuck to that kind of artist. Do you does in your opinion does the Philadelphia radio scene support hip hop artists well enough out there? Um. Yeah, yeah, and because Philly uh, has always been known for spitters. It's yeah, but it's a lot of it's politics in it too. Like you know what I mean, and whoever if you cutting that check, yeah, you'll get spent. If you know some, if you know somebody, you're getting them spent. You know what I'm saying. But that that's you know, that's all it comes really comes down to is how much you're willing to spend if you you know really willing to make a major sacrifice and really, you know, just with the with the hip hop scene, you make taking a major risk too, because there's, there's no guarantee that you can win. You know what I mean? Just uh, paying for a bunch of spins, you know, a bunch of bloggers and try to get this, you know, the streams and all that stuff, get on different platforms. But you know, what I mean, feel it, you know. Everybody's in business. Everybody's here to do what they got to do to pay their bills. So, you know what I mean? I, I feel as though under business and negotiations and, yeah, I mean, the Philly radio scene does support its artists. So, you know what I mean? Now, I feel as though they should support, you know, those that can't pay this based on, oh, I like this person's record. You know what I mean? He got this project out, man. I'm, I'm gonna throw him a spin, regardless if he if he paid me or, I, or he knew somebody that knew somebody. Or, you know what I mean? But that's how the game goes. Like it's all about who you know. You know what I'm saying? And try to work your angles, trying to trying to get your get your music heard. You know? 
I think the modern radio setup being corporate, it kind of, uh, it, it's more of a private venture now for these corporations. So they, they're in bed with a lot of these labels. That's why they played like they, for the last 20 or so years, they've been consistently playing like the, the, the hot eight songs in rotation and they might pepper in a couple of new songs here and there. So the new version of radio would necessarily be, uh, it would more or less be, um, contrived it's just all it's all fabricated now so right. the alternative would probably be like playlists being on spotify being on itunes being you know what i'm saying making a playlist being a part of a playlist or having somebody curate a playlist but the i think the 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 real uh money grab is having somebody who has a reputation to curate a playlist that'll feature your song on there you know what i mean all right like, um i forgot the guy's name he was college kid he started a playlist on spotify and it caught on amongst a bunch of people in, in his university and they spread it and they shared it and oh, spotify took that and ran with it this is before spotify really popped off with the bread and it became rap caviar mm. oh, wow. that's and, decent right but but they never cut him the check for what he curated they just took Ooh. they just took what he created and made a brand out of it. Mm. So now artists are like thirsty to get their songs. Cause you know, rap caviar is an ever evolving playlist. Songs oh. make it, songs get dropped off of it. And that's pretty much where a lot of artists are making their breaks at, where like new artists are really shining because of that. And uh, alternative to that would be SoundCloud where SoundCloud is where fans are just discovering new music. You know what I'm saying? And they're sharing those links and that's where you get your uh, XXX Tentacions and all of those those young guys, uh, Lou Uzi, yeah. yeah, blowing up on there because the fans are making those decisions. And uh, but because streaming is, because we're in the wild west right now when it comes to like music distribution, like a lot of labels are really trying to buy stock in some of these uh, streaming services because they know that they don't have any more leverage when it comes to artists being being hot no more. Now you can like you can literally control the trajectory of your your career in this music game by just strictly being consistent, um, having having a strong network game. Labels need you to be available to them with the already established fan base. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that's why that's why these streaming services matter to them. That's why these record labels are trying to buy into these streaming services so they can get like the first look at who's hot. Right. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, because if like, let's say, uh, let's say Def Jam Universal is bought into, they they spent their money and they bought into SoundCloud. Well, guess what? They know already based on the algorithm who's hot. All they got to do is just contact you directly, hit you in the inbox or yeah. contact your people. You know what I'm saying? Versus having an intern or A&R scour through their whole, you know, through those playlists and figure out what people are listening to. Um, so it's kind of, it's a dirty game. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's very political, man. Yeah. Like I said, it's all, it's all results, but it's a results-based business. And really, for real, for real, it's a quarter-to-quarter -quarter business. Yeah. Like, you be, you be hot first three months, cold. Next three months, like, dying, like, that's because the attention spans are shorter. Mm -hmm. But yeah, songs don't even have like three verses no more. Yeah, no, nah. nope. 
It'd be a verse. It could be two verses and a hook. <laughs> yeah, real simple. In and out. You know what I mean? That's what that's what that's that's what people need to start bringing back. They just be like, yo, I'm doing a joint three verses. What? Oh shit! Like you know, what I'm saying that could be a marketing tactic right there because you know, like you rarely hear that any anymore. So you're like, oh, why are you gonna drop three verses on it? I don't know. No, that's I'm just just talking. But <laughs> I mean, you you're onto something though because like the average fan, the average fan is like surprised if they get like 16 songs on a project now because the average album is like 10 songs. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they feel like it's a treat to get 16, 20 songs. Back in the day, that was standard. Yeah. Artists were just giving you their whole heart. They was pouring everything they had into an album back in the day. Uh-huh. Nowadays, you get... I do double albums. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. 30 songs. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> but, you know. The way that music is currently structured, do you believe that it's based on popularity and ta- or or talent uh i believe the it's the popularity is manufactured um based on who who you're with that you know that knows how to create a fan base for you if you don't have a fan base like you can already have a fan base but then um hmm i think it's a combination of both uh, you got to have some type of talent to keep somebody's attention for at least two, three minutes. Um, but then a lot of it is the packaging, uh, the person with the clothes that they wear, uh, the, the the features that they that person lands on with certain songs. Um, it, it, I mean, I think it's just time and, and you know, preparation time and and get the opportunity you know what i mean you one of the lucky ones you you know you made it you got you 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 on you on tv you on everybody you know you everybody listening to you so you know what i mean I, I think it's a little bit of both you know what i mean i can't you can't pinpoint one thing because every every each artist has different qualities that make them you know somebody that people pay attention to do you think that lauren hill was talented oh absolutely she was one of the greatest, one of the greatest ever did it. Um, just as a um, as a songwriter, you know, as a songwriter, singer, rapper. Hell yeah, absolutely. How many current artists right now do you believe can do the stuff, the stuff that she did, that she's doing? Hmm. Mm. I, I, right now, probably about yeah, about five to ten. It's a very small percentage. And I, I and I can't even name the artist offhand, but I just it just felt like maybe like a small percentage, like maybe about five to ten. And uh, they and they, I feel as though they don't even do everything that she brings to the table. They have pieces that that's their gifts that what she did herself that other people have qualities that they have. But like I said, it's all about the consistency and and staying with it, staying active. Yeah, that that's talent. Go ahead, six. I was gonna say I don't think that there's an incentive to be that way anymore, though, because like the the goal now is to just get hot, get paid, and get out. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Back then, it was about really. It's like back then it was getting on. You know what I'm saying? It was about 
being, you know what I'm saying, being the best is like, you can't out-rap me. You can't, your songs ain't doper than mine. Nowadays, it's like everybody collabing with everybody. They trying to get in the studio with somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a love fest, but at the same time, they know that their time is limited because the, the algorithm speaks to that and the attention span of the average fan speaks to that. Like right now, record labels are pressuring artists to have a song that, that can go viral on TikTok. How do you how do you determine whether or not your song is going to go viral on TikTok? How do you know as an artist? You're not thinking about that. You know what I'm saying? But to get that deal, the, the label is like requiring you to at least be able to have a proof of concept that your song or your album has that type of magnitude before they even fuck with you. It's just it's a different game. Um, oh, yeah. So it's like to be truly talented is uh is a gift and a curse because talent is not even a requirement anymore mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's just availability are you are you available to to do what we ask you to do so we can get paid together absolutely you know yeah saying? yeah now it seems like like you i think you guys probably said this already but i think it's also based on how much of it you can put out for them yep yeah. how fast yeah. you can get it off how fast yep speed quality is not even Half the time you don't even have to have a quality song. You could just as long nope. as you just crank, crank them out fast as shit. They don't. They, they don't. dropping shit and not even mixing it. Nope. You know what I mean, it's a new age. It's like what we what we think the standard should be. Nothing remains the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's you know, too I, easy I, now. I used to have a theory on it, right? I, I used to say they figured it. And, I, and I'm not trying to shit on my man. Like, I, I really think that, that they were trying to figure out how can we just put out, cra- uh, like, squat, well, shitty material, uh, and and and, how, and will it still sell? Honestly, I feel like I feel like the turning point was my man Soldier Boy, yo. I'm not lying to you. Bro, honestly, you're right. He, and it's not even his fault. It's, it's he was a young. Fault, yeah, like, because I, I feel like this. my man did make hits, but they figured out how to put out some bullshit and it sold. Like they looked at the industry, himself, but whatever. The industry has this formula. They follow yeah. this scheme. All of a sudden, YouTube becomes a thing. You know what I'm saying? And artists are able to record their own music because you can fucking you can crack uh software and record your own music. You don't even have to book studio time. But all of these things kind of like happen all in the same time. And so it all mm-hmm. coalesced. You have this situation where, like, a young 16-year-old kid whose dad put him, you know what I'm saying, in a position to be able to record his songs and, and, and shoot his videos and, and, and post it on the internet. He, he, he created a revolution for, like, young artists to bypass the gatekeepers. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and then it just so happened with MySpace was a thing at the time, and everybody who had a MySpace was sharing music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it was a it was a it was a perfect storm of uh changing the game. It's it's a gift and a curse because it took the power away from everybody who shouldn't even have that power. And now yeah. there's now to this day, it's 2022, and they scrambling, they still scrambling to try to keep a grasp of what industry is left. You know, yeah. The new industry don't true. even the new industry ain't 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 a building in New York no more. No. It ain't a building in California no more. The industry is on the internet. Yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. If the, if the fans girl. ain't listening to you, if the if the listeners, if the the only I'll say this: the only downside to it, in my personal opinion, because as long as I've been doing it, and from what I've seen, the only downside is the fact that 
the influencers are white kids. White yeah. kids are determining the outcomes. Yeah. We don't, we don't, as a culture, we're not, we don't own it like we used to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, like, yeah, we, you know, we, you know, our, our own people, we know the songs, but we, you know, we're not always going to the shows and going here and, you know, right. saying, you know, at the end of the day, you know, white people, they, they, they really are, they are the decide factor. If you get a deal or not, like it's, it's, it's that is really that simple. Yep. That's, that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because it's so true. A lot of people forget that, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, if, if you, you'd be like, damn, well, how did he get on? Like, he's not as hot as such and such, but you know, you never know how many monthly listeners he got on his Spotify. That's that's the reason why he got on. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 a it's a strange dynamic, but again, we live in an all we live in an internet age, so everything is all inclusive now. Everybody has access. Yeah. Do you have any projects that you're working on right now? Um. Well, actually, uh, I don't have any current projects I'm working on right now, but I will be working with a friend of mine. His name is Dark Matter. I met him through a buddy of mine, Jason Jordan. I used to work with um, a few years back. We did we did a couple of uh, we did a couple of records on his album, and I did a record but did a record for a project I was working on that never was released. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys want to check it out. It's uh, it's called How How We Do. Um, Jace Jordan featuring myself, um, and also uh, we did a song called Ego Trip. That was on. It was on SoundCloud, featuring myself and Jace Jordan. But I met uh, my buddy Dark Matter through Jace Jordan, and um, we're definitely going to have some new music coming up shortly. But I don't. I don't have any projects or dates or anything to really promote at the moment. Dope, dope. I'm gonna have to check you out. All right. My next question to you is: Where would you rank Scarface uh, as far as MCs? Would he be in your uh, top? 10 or would he be in your top 20 oh god i, I mean as far as southern artists i mean he, no he, not southern just mcs just mcs i mean i i can all right i'll be i'll be straight up with you like i can only speak on scarface but so much because he's a little bit older than my generation of music okay okay um because i know People, you know, I, I know, you know, I know brothers that's more likely in their mid forties that know Scarface that I than than I do, because I, I mean, I'm just about to be approaching forty. I'm thirty eight, so you know, what I'm saying he's a little, little before I was when I was listening to music. But I know, you know, I know Scarface. I I, I would say, I, I you know, I, I as far as consistency and his longevity in the game, easily. I'd say top, I would say top 10, top 10. But okay. as far as Southern artists, oh, top, top, top five, top three. Okay. So I don't separate it when, when I speak on hip hop like that. Okay. It all, it all goes together. I, I don't separate it. Now, here goes my next question. Where would you rank Eminem? Eminem? Mm. See, then uh, that, I had a I had a nice little argument with a, a cousin of my cousin of mine about about Eminem too. Um, I, I would say 
top 10 because I, I, I hate when people put him top, he's top two, he's top one. It's like, what? This is black culture. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, you know, he, like, you know, I, I kind of agree with uh, Lord Jamal when he's talking about he's a guest in, in the house of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he's a popular artist and he's contributed a lot to hip hop. And, you know, but I, I, I top 10. Because okay. it's, that's just my perspective on it, you know. Now, if, if I would put now, I, I I hate to say it, I was. I know you don't like to separate it, but I feel like he's the greatest white rapper we've ever heard. <laughs> but I'm, I, I mean, please, somebody show me somebody else that, yeah, you know, he, and then every, everybody that that does that style got it from him. Yeah, I mean, the mainstream, yeah, like he. If you you can't dispute that if you really put if you're putting all the pieces in place, you're right. As far as mainstream goes, yeah, I, I see that, but you know, I still think copyright is dope. I think ASAP Rock is dope. Probably yeah. dope than both of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ASAP go nuts. <laughs> I mean, shoot, you got even brothers like Jordan Lucas, like, but. Is based because he 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 looks a certain way, and he's from he's from Massachusetts, not a place where a lot of hip hop artists come from. You see what I'm saying? Like a lot of it, you know. And then remember, remember you was talking about before, um, you know, what makes a star? Like, and you know, what I mean, him being white has helped his career a lot because he could have that same skill set, be the same rapping motherfucker that he is, and he might not have been as successful if he was a black artist. And that's real because who was the deciding factors of what makes you successful? White people. So they finally had their own hero, their own greatest rapper. There yeah. you go. Eminem signing with Dr. Dre was the cheat code because he had the same opportunities Kanye had with like Rockets and all of those other labels. And same like Ye signing with uh, Dev Jam Rockefeller was the cheat code. It's, sometimes it's just lightning in a bottle. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like Eminem was already there's not you can't take away anything from Eminem's skill set. He's got no. the he's he's a wordsmith. You oh, can yeah, tell that he's he's super serious about his lyricism. He might not necessarily he, he doesn't have the experiences we have, so therefore they expect him to be the rapper we would find appealing would probably not be fair to him. But to be, you know, saying if we're really just being pragmatic and just really stripping it all the way down to, to his bare essentials. I, I 100% agree with you, bro. He's like, I mean, he, he's dope. You know what I'm saying? Being a guest in the house of hip hop, he, he would be absolutely impressive on the mainstream. But if he was on any other team, somebody who couldn't put the money behind marketing him the way they marketed him, mm. they people would say he's a dope rapper, but would nobody really, would nobody really examine him in his way? Right. Right. Can I, can I make the comparison uh, the same way that Isaiah Thomas said about Larry Bird? He's like okay. Larry Bird uh, uh, when they were when they were balling back in the eighties. Isaiah Thomas sat down at the podium one day, and he said, "If he was a black guy, y'all wouldn't even be saying this about him." Mm, I don't know about all that, bro. <laughs> I don't know about all that, man. Because Larry, but Bird, what they, no, but Larry Bird was cold. But they what he hooper, was hooper. he he hooped. But what he was saying was that the numbers he was putting up 
would Ja be making this much of a fuss if he was just if he was black? You got Michael Jordan, you got Isaiah Thomas, you got uh Magic Johnson, you got all those guys. Would Ja be making that, that big of a fuss if it was if it was just another uh black guy? I can say you could kind of make make that same argument with the new young boy Luka Doncic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think though back then, because Larry Bird wasn't too far from far removed from from the generation of a predominantly white NBA anyway though. You see what I'm saying? Like hip hop has always been predominantly black dominant. You know what I'm saying? We've been, we've been, this is us. This is so, our shit. We invented yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas like Larry Bird come from that lineage. First of all, Indiana is the state that basketball was in. Invented. Know, invented. Yeah. And you know, you know what I'm saying? He come, he, he, he's schooled in it. So his play style is his play style. And dude was a beast. You know what Larry I'm Bird was a cold motherfucker, man. Man, I think that cold blooded. I think, and I got an uncle who went to high school with uh, Isaiah Thomas, and Isaiah Thomas always been that type of dude where he was real vocal about his about his opinions on people, and sometimes it's just hate, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, man. You know, and then you know, like like the music game, just like sports, man, that shit competitive yeah. as shit. Like you know, sometimes people are just better than you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody ain't gonna love you, and that's cool. But, yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to give it up to motherfuckers, man. Like, yeah. give them his flowers. I, yeah, I, I think, and I think that I think that'd be the problem, especially like just speaking from experience. You know what I mean? When you're good at something, or or you're confident in who you are, there are other people who just can't. They just can't be happy about that because you know maybe they're just not as good. They may. Oh man, man, if I was six foot two, I could do that, but you're not six foot two. You had to take what you have and just be good at it, good at it in your lane. And Larry Bird was just one of them guys. I would say this, and just because we're talking ball, like you, the best measuring stick to even make this argument for Larry Bird is just put him up. I mean, just measure him against Kevin McHale, and you could tell who the real hooper is between the two of them. Oh, come on, man. That ain't even, come on, stop it. Boom. You see what I'm saying? Like Larry Bird was the measuring stick for that. You know what I'm saying? You you had a bunch of phenomenal black ballers, but you also knew who the trash black ballers were. And that's yeah. not to even minimize because if they played on a professional level, dude, that's better than me. Yeah. We really just if we really just getting down to brass tacks. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that, right? Because I, I used to uh had an argument with my homie one time. He'd be like, I could beat such and such ball player. I'm like, no, you can't. I'm like, one, he pays his bills off of that. You play in the park for free, bro. He he plays on a different level, even if you think he's trash. Like, you know you what might, I'm saying? Like, you might see some things about his play style that you probably feel like is weak, but he playing a professional system that that that's designed around not only the entertainment factor, but the athleticism that's required to compete at that level. And right? to your cousin or friend who made that statement, think about it like this. The NBA only houses 450 spots. Exactly. So there are only 450 spots guaranteed to, to, to those guys that are in the league. And even though the guy on the end of the bench is number 15, if you take him to Hoops Gym or you take him to any gym, I bet he busts your ass. You're going to dog him. That's why, that's why NBA players go to the Rucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Kobe used to go to the Rucker. Iverson went to the Rucker. Uh, Stefan went to the Rucker. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Like I said, go to Hoops Gym in Chicago. Everybody knew when you came to Hoops Gym who you saw. You saw Jawan Howard, LeBron James, 
Michael Jordan, Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett. You saw all of them in there. Yeah. And you couldn't be in there trash and be in there playing at Hoops Gym. Right. It, was, it, it, it was necessary. It was imperative. It was mandatory that you could ball in there. Gladiator school, bro. Yeah. It's like yeah. hip hop, bro. It's like going to Subterranean in Chicago. Yeah. You don't go to Sub T and, and be trash when it's open mic night. Oh no, they're gonna blow you off. They're gonna drag you out the back door with the trash. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or motherfuckers will just push you out the way and take the mic and, and, and go crazy. Man. You cannot, you cannot sit there and think that because you sit at home and you watch this shit go down and you're watching these guys play, that you can beat them. Them dudes can go to any park, any court, anywhere and get you 50. He just so happens to be the weakest dude on that His team, team. Yeah. in that league. But he right. was still chosen for that role. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they didn't stop uh, at 14. But I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> even the guys you think are trash was probably like really the man of high school. Like, yeah. you think they trash on, on the team, but yeah, until you, you square up with them on the court one-on-one, they smoke the shit out of you. Like, damn, I didn't know you could do all that. Like, yeah, why? how you think he in the league, bro? Like you said, there's only 400, 450 spots. Like, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's, it's such a, you know what I mean? It's a small, like you said, there's only, what, 32 teams in the league, 15 spots on the team. And you got to be nice, dude. You, you got to be on nice. The, on that team. All right, they ain't, they ain't just... I ain't coming down to Best Buy and asking motherfuckers, hey, do you hoop? Yeah, right. Look, think yeah, about it like this. Made. Think about it like this. In the course of the playoffs, we have seen a good percentage of these guys get hurt on these teams, right? Yeah. You never heard some of these guys that have been coming off the bench getting buckets. Why? Because they at the end of the fucking bench, but they know how to get buckets, though. Yeah. Reggie Bullock is trash. Okay, you go play him in a one-on-one. You tell me how that work out for you. <laughs> he gonna smoke you. He gonna he gonna he gonna murder you with layups because <laughs> he been doing drills the whole time before you go sit on the bench. <laughs> you ready? That nigga ready? Cocked and loaded. When you ready, you ain't gotta get ready. And and, and, and and if you listen to the stuff that Kobe, what Kobe was saying, he was like, "Man, I would get up and go work out at four o'clock in the morning, go home, rest." Lay down, get up, go to the gym at nine o'clock. Go home, rest, get back up and go at three o'clock. Go home and rest. He said, for anybody, listen, I done already beat you to the gym twice when most of y'all only get one workout in. Mm. He said, I woke up at four o'clock to make sure that I got my first workout in. Mm. So if you're thinking Kobe gets up like that, think about the guys that's coming off the bench that, that is still number 15 that might be in there hooping with Kobe, getting right. up shots. You understand what I'm saying? So for anybody that's thinking that you can just walk into the gym with any of those, and I'll put you like this. I've been in, the gym, in some of those gyms, and I'll watch the guys that we think are trash. They mm-hmm. will give you buckets. Oh, yeah. They will give you buckets. And you would go, oh, he, he, he missed that shot. He missed that shot. But once he finds his rhythm, it's 10 shots straight. And you're like, God damn, well, I'm going to step up on him. And then he hit another one. And then he started talking shit. And you're like, yo, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I, I done fucked up. Those guys got there to that level for a reason. They just not there because, like you said, it, the, they came from Office Depot or yeah, CarMax. Right. Them motherfuckers can hoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and there's levels to this shit, man. 
Yeah, and then like, a lot of it too is just your your fit in the scheme. You know what I'm saying? Maybe your fit in the scheme, you're not the top priority dude, but you know, you still fit in the scheme because you're still on the team. Right. It's about and then we're talking NBA being an industry. It's a it's a it's a commercialized industry. So you you might be able to hoop your ass off like it's all about marketing. They, are you marketable as well? You know what I'm saying? So many different right. things that make a star. <laughs> it ain't just because you're a, you a dog on the court. You know what I'm saying? Because if you got like no personality, if you're a cardboard cutout, but you can hoop your ass off, guess what? You ain't going to be the superstar on your team. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of have to disagree with that. You're right. You're absolutely right in most cases. But look at somebody like Kawhi Leonard. That motherfucker weird as shit, but he can ball his ass off, and he's a he's a superstar, and he got endorsements and all types of shit. He seems very marketable. I think his weirdo is marketable. I think his agent is dope. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Tim Duncan was another one. Like he, they called him. What they call him? They called him a machine. He didn't do. He didn't show emotion. A robot. He's like a robot. Yeah. yeah, they called him a robot. David Robinson was the same way for a long time. Hmm. Dave Robinson could ball too, though. That motherfucker could ball, bro. Dude, right. I'm you, that was an error, man. It's like I'm not saying I'm. I'm not. There's no knock against these young guys because the NBA is different. They structured different. The rule set has adapted to kind of like I guess it's based around safety and keeping their investments from being injured so easily or whatever the fuck. But it's just a different game. It's not as physical as it used to be. So you got to be a little bit more strategic. But Yo, it's funny man, that you brought up David Robinson, right? Because I, I was talking, I was just thinking about just now. I'm like, yo, if David Robinson was an NFL player, he would have been really lit with the whole Admiral shit. Man. If you think about the marketing of it, you know what I'm saying? But because he was an NBA player, you know, it was just a nickname. Like, no, nah, it's because he uh, played, he was in the Navy and he got drafted out of the Navy. Facts. Yeah. All right. It worked though, because he ended up with a couple of decent pairs of shoes that he had come out and everything. But, but that generation was so dope, bro. So dope, dude. Can you remember, don't forget that uh, Hakeem Olajuwon was that was 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 playing. Uh, that's when that's when he was balling for real. It yeah, he was battling. It wasn't just shooting up a hundred, shooting up a thousand threes just to get to a hundred first. You know what I'm saying? Man, you got the really ball. You had everybody with contest shots. Everybody was on D. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, it wasn't a one man show. That's why. That's why when the original Dream Team was announced, bro, because the, the American basketball team prior to that was like, what back in like eighty, was it eighty four Olympics? It was uh, all college athletes at, at that point, I think. And and I think we got blown out a couple times. And mm-hmm. it was like, no, nah, we sending, we sending, we sending the real ones over there now. We not, we not mm-hmm. having that no more. They was like, we not right. sending college guys no, uh, uh, no more. Yeah, like they, they, they worked out some things. They was wondering whether or not they could use some pro players to play as opposed to just college. And the, the rules then stipulate that they had to be college. Yeah, but you remember that dream team they sent over there, and them, them dudes lost, and like talent wise, they should have never lost. I thought that was always. That was like a 2000 or was it 2000 or 2014 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say they couldn't jail together. But that dream team, when they went, the motherfuckers, they let that shit be known. Like, we not coming in here to lose no games. 
Dude, the uh the first t- dream team. Sorry about the dog, yo. I, I stepped outside for a second. Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Wayman Tinsdale, and Sam Perkins. They was uh the names. They were the mainstays. They were all rookies at that time when they went to the Olympics the first time. Mm. So they was just fresh out of college. That's crazy. So that was the original. That was the original dream team. Yeah. Yep. Four out of five of them were Jordan, Ewing, Tisdale, and Perkins. Okay, so what year was what year was that? Eighty four. Eighty four. Okay, so the dream team that was that that was eighty eight then. That's what at ninety ninety two ninety two? Okay, ninety two was the big one. Yeah, because they that's when they were saying like they didn't like the way that uh, they was getting blown out and misrepresenting or some shit like that. Yeah, they made a big deal out of because they the athleticism was just unmatched. But now, man, them European teams in China, boy, they is it they 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 steadily, steadily, steadily getting better. That's because they we've we've been we've been sourcing a lot of their talent to bring here. You know what I'm saying? So they have they they what it's it's a it's almost like uh they've groomed a lot of their players to be NBA players. Yeah, yeah. Um and and they're they're, they're slowly but surely catching to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you can definitely tell. And, and now if you look across the league, a lot of the European players that are coming over over the last five to 10 years have been uh, part of the, the Olympic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and as far as height, too, they're like six feet, six or, or taller. You know, now you're seeing guys coming over six foot, ten, seven feet. They, they can they can handle the pill. They can shoot. They can do everything. The game has changed so much, man. The only thing that's different to me is the is the what do you call it the, the, the dexterity like they aren't they aren't as strong as they used to be and i'm not just, just talking about europeans i'm just talking about basketball players period like it seems like like they're weaker and i, should, I don't know if i should I say think, they're not as strong i think what it is is this go back to the whole evolution thing it's like uh you kind of adapt to the play style at the time like the reason why they had to be much stronger back then and bulkier you know what I'm saying is because it was more physical but now it's all about finesse. It's all about uh, dexterity. It's all about maintaining some sort of speed and momentum when you're out there on the court because you got to, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they doing suicides in the live game down there. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, like even, even Brian, that's why Brian plays, you know what I'm saying? Like Brian would have been an old school power forward. You know what I'm saying? But now, but he, he, he shoot like a, he shoot like a shooting guard. You see what I'm saying? So the the flexibility of a player nowadays is more incumbent on making sure that they can, you know, saying distribute and execute. You know, what I'm saying it's all about stats nowadays. Everybody want to get the quadruple double and shit. A, a little a little birdie told me once upon a time when LeBron came in the league when he first came in, they said he was shooting thirty foot uh, jump shots, but they told him to stop. I don't know if that's true. But I heard that he used to take a lot of jump shots in practice uh, from 30 feet. Man, this nigga, this nigga is so cold. And his just sometimes he's sitting on the bench, just hitting shots from the just sitting on the just sitting out there, just hitting everything, not even like banking, just net. Just sitting out there, just fucking around. Yeah. Shooting from the shooting from the stands and shit like that. Hitting yeah. them. So gifted. I'm saying, like, yeah, he's gifted, man. And it's uh it's crazy though because like you think about how like Golden State got this reputation. Brian, 
Bron is playing his position. He just don't, you know what I'm saying? He just, if he really wanted to play the way he, he grew up playing, the way he was raised to play. We would see a different player. We'll see somebody else, but he he's doing what he's told. He's doing what was recommended, I should say. I don't think I, I I think he's doing. I think he's just using the whole tool belt. I'm just, and I'm only saying that because, like again, from what I was told, dude can do more if he really wanted to. Yeah, he could like, overdo it. He could overdo it. And in the last couple of years with him being on the Lakers, you kind of seen him stepping out, taking a thirty foot jump shot, shooting from the logo. They called him Logo Bron. And someone was like, yo, hey, not for nothing, bro, but just so you know, dude came in the league doing that. They just told him the league wasn't ready for that. And then all of a sudden you see Steph Curry show, show up and just blast it wide open doing that. But they was like, dude could already do it. Hmm. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a whole generation of that, though. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole generation of that. Um, if you take into account like like Brian being the captain of his team. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to facilitate accessibility for the rest of his guys. If Ron was really just going to his tool belt and do everything he's capable of doing, most of his, his teammates probably wouldn't get their looks like they should. You know what I'm saying? Very true. Very true. Because he got a dominant personality. He's super competitive in that way. And I'm not even the biggest Braun fan, but I, I'm the guy that I, I'm a I got a salute. It. Yeah, I got a salute. It is when you when you dope at what you do. I, I have to salute that shit. I'm not gonna deny nobody that their gift and talent. I ain't no hater. I, ain't right, not, exactly. I can be jealous and envious, but I will never let it turn into something negative. I'll always use it for inspiration. And I ain't jealous. It, yeah, I ain't jealous and envious of LeBron. Like I am not six foot nine, two hundred and sixty pounds. I know that. And the agility that he possesses, like unmatched, ridiculous. Like, but I'm not gonna lie, just for me, like LeBron, the boy is amazing, man. Just for the fact that is into what his age, what 38 now, 36, yeah, yeah. 38, 38. He takes, he still takes, you know, his 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 workout regimen very serious. He puts millions of dollars into his body, and you know, and then I put it like this for him to keep it consistent that he's had for so long, even going year after year after year into the finals and going deep into those finals, game sixes, game sevens. That's a lot of wear and tear on your body, man. man. You know, a lot of people even didn't never reach those heights of how he's played throughout his career. And yet he's still, you know what I mean? He's still, crazy. He's still was like, he's a, he's, he's in that class of athlete. You know what I'm saying? He's the, he said, you know, that's why he always gets you get these comparisons with his name and Jordan, his name and Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got these sometimes he's a one of one in that in his era. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You think about it, he came in when Carmelo came in. You know what I'm saying? He came up with Carmelo. You know what I'm saying? He, he has he has that that Kobe work ethic. Man, and that's the thing, man. It's like that's that's an anomaly. People think it's just some it's just uh the NBA is just picking superstars. Yeah, they picking them, but sometimes they get it wrong, bro. Yeah, but when they get it right, it's on the it's on the athlete. It's on the athlete. You know what I'm saying? If you really want it that bad, you're gonna put everything you can into it because that competitive nature don't just die. No, and LeBron has has had a dope image too. You don't hear much much shit on his name. You know, his wife ain't out there embarrassing him and shit. He just nope. you know what I'm living life. You know what I'm saying? Being dope. But yo, it's so weird sometimes. You ever notice how like somebody could be all that in college, get to the league, 
trash. <laughs> or not even that. They they was in college. Their career wasn't wasn't like that. It was okay. And then they get to the NBA, just take oh, over, just take off. Yeah. Like, I, like whoa, we didn't even see this coming. Like perfect compa- perfect comparison. But I'm gonna let you go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, but no, nah, I don't I don't know. I was thinking of this one ball player. Um, his name was Jimmer Fredette. I never forgot. Uh, I remember him, Sacramento. BYU. He was all that in college. Come to the league, trash. <laughs> Disappeared after his like second year, second or third yeah, year. The, o- the O'Bannon brothers. Yeah. <laughs> they was lit in college, and then. Hey man, league, the league ain't the same. <laughs> it's very, it's very simple. Sometimes your game doesn't translate to the league, and sometimes it just does. You know, mm-hmm. so, some guys are 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 great at being college players, while others are great. You know, they're only in the they're only doing the college system be, just because uh, the, the the way the NBA set it up, they have to have that one year of college eligibility. You know, yep. they're already ready for the league. It's the same way in, in boxing. It's a lot of guys that go through the amateur program, and when you see them, you go like, "Yo, he shouldn't even be here." but he's only doing it so he can get himself together before he takes that jump in that leap. And when he okay. get, and when you see him in a, in a, in, 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 in a, in, in a professional ring, like a Devin Haney or a Jerron Boots Ennis from Philadelphia. Now you look at them, you're going, Holy shit. Right. Where did this talent come from? Yeah. Cause they, they soaring. Right. Yeah. Especially when you look at Boots Ennis, Boots Ennis is a fucking monster. Don't nobody want to fight them. They gotta go. They gotta go pull people out of out of graveyards to go fight, dude. That shit, wow, man. Hey, talent is talent. Let's go. You know the conversation we had prior. Talent is one of those things where, when it's nurtured and it's groomed properly, man, you can you can develop somebody who's probably who, who's going to be a legend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, yeah. or their, their legend is going to be written when they're already done done doing it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. Man, there's so many examples of this, bro. And it's yeah. like it's it's in music, it's in it's in athletics. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy though that that's how that works for us in our community, though, man. Because and sometimes it just, it just has to be like you said, it just has to be nurtured, right? It just has to be nurtured, right? and then when it's your turn, you just capitalize on that. Shit. Step into the role. Step yep. out there into the role, dude. Yeah, I think that's kind of like what is what I was saying about like with my team at work. <laughs> And me, like, I have to, like, I'm stepping into the, the chaos. I know what outcome I want. And this this is just another one of those challenges. It's the same thing with them. They, they know that I don't, like, I can I can just get out here and do this job and, and get these checks, but I want a ring. You know what I'm saying? I want to be in that, in, that, in that private club of people who actually did that. I did, I've accomplished all these other things. Let's see if I can accomplish this, because this is what... This is what separates me from the rest of my peers. Yeah. Whereas, and it, it's, it's the same way in sports, right? You know, you yeah. got some guys who want to go get the ring, but you got some guys who are just playing for the bag. Like they only there for the bag. They don't care about winning. Right. Mm-hmm. They just want to, you know, what I'm saying live better. Yep. I'm and gonna hoop. Put- I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hoop at a high level long enough to get me two big bags, and then y'all can say whatever y'all want about me. And and that's what it's about, man. It's about legacy. It's about what your intentions are. Yep. And I can't yep. I can't fault a man for, for not wanting more than somebody else. You know what I'm saying? You sound like my man James Harden when you talk about somebody that just don't really care about. I I hate to say and I'm a Sixers fan, like to the death, but uh um 
like you said, look now, look at James Harden compared to LeBron James. James Harden, he's what 32. He ain't mm-hmm. take care of his body. Now you now he's looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Talk about it. And it's just like, like you said, and then he like you say, balled at a high level, you know, just become MVP. You know what I mean? And he he accomplished that. But as far as the playoffs, he flaked out. So, you he know, he's in. a great he's a great player, but is he's not he's not a great all-time player. He locked in on his financial goal. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's all about what your priorities are, you know. And some people look at that. Some people look at that and and they go, yo, that's that's weak or or that that you you, you playing yourself down. Maybe that was just his goal to get to them two big bags. Maybe he don't care about winning. Maybe he don't care about winning championships. He also knew he understood the odds. You know what I'm saying? He understood that, you know what I'm saying? If you, uh, if you one of one, four, you, you one of 450, you know what I'm saying? And, and the way that the, the, that industry is set up, it's Sorry already, it's, it's already competitive, but it's also engineered and marketed in a way where you want people to view your product. You, you, I mean, you either, you either hot now and maintain that heat or you just let the let the game play out how it's gonna play, and you just keep on getting your checks. Yeah, yeah right. I, I'll say this to anybody that's listening: if you're gonna play one of these sports, any of them, make sure you work out continuously, because because if you don't, <clears throat> your body will hit a wall, and everything goes downhill. Everything, everything. And the other thing is like at like uh, sports injuries are way more severe than like your average injury because you are because athletes athletes age faster physically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you got to maintain some sort of uh, stability when it comes to uh working out and stuff like that because you break a bone it may not heal the way you need it to heal properly because they're going to try to wrap it heal you just to get you back in the game or get you back in the fight yeah you know what i'm saying sports medicine is dope and and, you know i'm saying helping you recover quickly but did you get the proper time to actually amend yourself? You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Absolutely. And back to going back to Bron, Bron. Bron say I spend two million dollars on my body, man, to keep my body right. I'm not. I'm not doing this just to be playing around. Like I'm. I'm taking this very, very serious, and I want to be able to play here at a high level. And and now it looks like. Yeah, very dedicated. Very, very dedicated. And for a guy to be six foot nine, 260 pounds, or whatever they say he is, and be around that year 18 and 19, the last guys we seen do that was Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. and Kobe Bryant. And they were serious. They, they yeah, they were serious about this shit. All right. Cause they they under you know what it is? Cause they understood the long game of it. It's like, all right. Well, you know what I mean? You, you figured it out. All right, I can make this and this and this. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to win some championships too, but, you know, I want to get the most I can out of this out of this game, you know what I mean? Since they got since they let me in here, get the most you can out of it. And this is a question I got for you. All right, so we're talking about how, uh, you know, like some these anomalies are applying themselves for the longevity of whatever they're, end game is what the ultimate goal is right and in the music industry like the the example would have been like the grammy or something like that but i don't think a lot of them are really caring so much about those trophies anymore but a lot of them are now just trying to find ways to uh, extend 
themselves outside of music because they, they know that the lifespan of an artist is short-lived. You got somebody like Kanye, who I personally believe single-handedly changed the direction of the rap game by, okay. changing, by changing the face of a label that didn't even want to sign him in the first place. Mm. Um, so he kind of like, I think he was, he opened the floodgate for a lot of artists to say, damn, that's a different way to do it. Who do you see as being an example of that in current form? Like you could say like Drake probably be, a, he, he followed that wave. But like, can you see any other artists that you look at, that you listen to and be like, you know what, this person is really taking their own lane. I, I got somebody and, and, you know, I, I, I really don't like to, you know, promote, promote this person based on, you know, what he's about. But I used to always say all the time, I was like, I think six, nine is a genius. I think he's a marketing genius. How they dare say, you mention that name on this podcast? I, I, I hate to say it. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to bro. You know what I mean? so I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just saying I, it's, it's just his music, business and music. How he strategized his way into the industry was very was very brilliant. Like, it you know it, he made you pay attention to him, even if you didn't give a fuck about what he was talking about. I think one comes along ever so often, anyway. And I agree yeah. with that. Um, some of them are a little bit like I think like, um, and I don't even think it has anything to do with talent. I just think it has something to do with uh, desire more than anything. It just so happened that if you have if you if you possess the talent to go along with that desire, then you probably become, you know what I'm saying, what I consider to be like legend status in that way. Like Hove was uh, Hove was that in the 90s. You know what I'm right. saying? Hove came out of nowhere for a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, with reasonable doubt. And that that didn't even necessarily sit well next to what Biggie was doing because Biggie was still living and breathing at the time. And so everybody always made those comparisons. But anybody, if you knew, you knew. If you was there, you had to be there to understand what Hove was doing. Because when he came out with uh, In My Lifetime, then you kind of like, okay, he ain't just some one-off, you know what I'm saying, rapper. Yeah. But um, it's like I, another one was Snoop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Snoop. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. Most, the most recognizable face in hip-hop. Not off the Snoop, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is no... They, they, Busta Rhymes is another one. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. One of Legendary. one. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? So it's like they, ever so often somebody like that comes out and they just do it their way. They do it their way. They just do it the way they know how to do it. And they 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 just entrench themselves in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like in current form, like I said, Kanye is the one that he broke the code because he he has never deviated from what his plan was. Okay. You know I'm saying a lot of artists become legacy acts and they start adopting other artists' uh, uh, aesthetics. But dude has always been the influence. Can we say J. Cole is one? Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 of his generation, yes. I, I want to say J. Cole, but I just see two. I see. I don't see his consistency in that way. I see okay. his ambition, but I don't see his consistency in that way. Okay. I think I would I would say Kendrick more than Cole. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I was gonna I was thinking either one of them, but Kendrick know. has always deviated from the blueprint of what hip hop wanted him to do. 
know what I'm saying? Like Kendrick would be the one man outcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, no. I mean, well, I I I I do like Kendrick too, but I have to say Cole because you gotta look like this with Kendrick. He's always had all industry support with every project he's ever had out. Cole did it without any industry to support. Yeah, he, he has he been it down on his own name. He has been co-signed by Hove the whole way. Oh, yeah. That's a fact. You see, man, Kendrick's like, co-signed by Dr. Dre. What's the difference? <laughs> the difference is. The difference is uh, when I'm talking about uh, like the the momentum of an artist doing it the way they want to do it. Okay. Um, like there, like every album that that an artist produces possesses like an imagination outside of what the industry is currently doing. Okay. You see what I'm saying? When Hove dropped album after album, he was dominating summers. He was influencing the game. Yeah. He had it a lot. Buster Rhymes was doing the same shit when he had his run. Mm -hmm. You did what I'm saying? Uh, Snoop was doing the same shit when he had his run. Yay. Because he just dropped out. I was saying uh, (laughs) when, uh, when, when Kendrick dropped, shit stops. Whether it's yeah. good or not, shit stops. Right. You know what I'm saying? When Drake's when Drake had his moment, I don't think he can do it again. I don't think he can do it again only because the game is shifting and Drake has always been the type to kind of like dibble and dabble in what everybody else is doing. But like when it comes to like just being that, he's like that that one-off anomaly to say, you know what? This is what hip hop really is. This is what rap is really about. I see what y'all are doing over there on the commercial side. But yeah, I got these people that's backing me, but watch me drop something that you ain't even ready to hear. Yeah, Drake's um, definitely a unicorn in this rap shit. Bro. Yeah. It's just, uh, this is a question I had because I was, because we, we've been pinpointing like the unicorns and in, 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 in sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The ones who actually like influence the game, the ones who actually come out and they they are the stars. Because they got So their- where do we where do we put Wale then? Mm. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's his pen game is unmatched. Like for his generation, mm. his songwriting, his, his song making. I just don't think his image matches what the what the status quo would consider to be superstar. Because he's been consistent too, right? Yeah. He just complains too much in public. Yeah. That's what that's what that's what destroys his, his momentum and his op, his opportunity. He don't just he don't turn his complaints into power. You know what I'm saying? Because Kanye is a complaining motherfucker too, but he always makes it. But examples. he uses that shit to turn it into something else. Right. Exactly. He turns that into music. So. Yeah. yeah. He, he, but, all right, he, he, he talk about it. He's he just going to show you. Wale, that was a good one. Wale is an interesting uh, guy in the industry. Because I, I look at Wale, like, it may, I, my personal opinion, if main man stayed on that Lotus Flower Bomb wave and stayed consistent with that, I think he could have reached like LL status with like women's lit, women's songs and shit like that. Oh my God. The potential was there. Like, I, I seen, it's always I seen, been there. I seen it, Ross's vision why he had him. It's always like, been there. It's just the way, like, it's just the way that he's been presented and how he presents himself. It's the system that he's a part of. He signed to a label, left the label to sign to his subsidiary. So that's already bad business. Uh, he, he started out with a band. 
You know okay. what I'm saying? He started out with a band. He was like he was like the black thought of his band. Okay. Okay. Uh, signed to uh, Maybach Music, and something changed about his aesthetic in that way. Uh, I don't think that Maybach Music was necessarily the best imprint for him to be a part of at that time, but you know he did what he had to do because the logistics spoke to it. But I think that because the game is so competitive, while they just slip through the cracks. You know what I'm saying? But anybody, if anybody who knows. If he, had, if he played more to being, you know, that poetic, weird guy and made songs that's just speaking his honest truth to women and shit like that, the motherfucker would have been, like, he would have been out of here. Like, I'm serious. He just had to keep, he had to stay on that consistent wave. But the thing is, is to keep one and up what you already accomplished. That's the hard part, where you start competing against your own success. Yeah. And I think he probably peaked too soon. You know yeah, saying? yeah. I don't know. I just, mm, just uh, you know, everybody get their time to shine, and you know, he he knew Ross was the boy to put him on. So, you know, was he? he? Everybody had a moment. I don't think that. I don't think that what he wanted anybody else was willing to offer, and Ross was like, "All right, I get it to you." Right. Mm. Okay. Right. I'm gonna uh, have to dip out of here, fellas. No, okay. we can we we can call it a wrap. We can call it a wrap. Uh, is there anything you want to say, brother? Uh, talk about your music. Anything that you need to share? Your website? Uh, uh, no, nothing really. Um, just check me out on SoundCloud. You know what I'm saying? Um, follow me on. Well, well, Instagram is down right now, but follow me on Twitter. I'm there on there all the time, tripping. You know, just being myself, saying what I say. Um, dope, dope. um at lyrical travesty. Uh, I'm same thing. You can um. Add me as a friend on Facebook at, you know, Lyrical Travesty. Um, you know, all my social medias are consistent. I'm not on Instagram, but just uh, just Twitter, Facebook. You know, I, have, I don't really do all the other social media platforms. Like, I, I just keep, just try to keep it simple. But, uh, you know, I got my music on there, you know. And uh, definitely uh, my aim is to drop something late in late this year uh like i said i was working with my brother um working with my brother dark matter we're going to get some uh get some music done and um see where it takes us into 2023 so that's my main agenda is right now drop something in the fourth quarter and the year off in in a bank this was i gotta get to work now you know what i mean all right. All right, man. It's, I like this conversation. This was a good one. And as always, for those who are listening, we are at the end. So remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taken. We are done here. Sure.